Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Train Happy Podcast. My name is Tally Rye and this week I'm really excited to be bringing you a conversation with Meg Boggs. Now Meg is a soon-to-be author of a much-needed book in the fitness industry. It's going to be called Fitness for Everybody and I think you will love it. But Meg is just an extremely strong person. Um, she is a mum, she is a vlogger, she is also an advocate for plus size women in fitness and she is doing incredible things in just challenging fitness stereotypes and fitness norms and I love her. I was so looking forward to this conversation having followed Meg online for a while and I was really pleasantly surprised with how much, how deep we got and how beautifully honest and open Meg was. Now I do want to give a content warning to this program because we are going to be discussing at times uh, weight loss, disordered eating and eating disorder behaviour and so if you're not in the mindset to listen to that right now then this episode might not be for you. But before we get into it, it is time for Train Happy Trooper of the Week. Cue the music. So this week's train happy trooper of the week sharing their train happy moment is Ali and she says over lockdown I've neglected any form of exercise and when I started getting knee pain when getting up I knew it was time to do something so I've been doing weight training for the past six weeks roughly three to four times a week sometimes classes sometimes just me and I've loved it much prefer it to running or hit that said last Friday I got down to do my workout and just felt that I didn't want to do it that day so I did 40 minutes yoga instead. The weekend went by, I don't train on weekends, and then on Monday morning, 7am, I woke up and felt rough with a huge headache. I thought, I'll just train later, it's okay. Well, it's been three days, I haven't trained at all, and I fully know that last Friday my body was telling me, we're going to need a little bit of rest, and that's okay, no pressure. Without reading your book and learning to listen to my body, I would have put so much pressure on myself to train even when I felt ill. Thank you for helping me see that. Thank you so much, Ali, for sending that in. And I think that goes really beautifully with last week's episode with Porna Bell. If you haven't listened to it yet about how she um, started to come back uh, to training after illness. So if you're in that mindset at the moment, recommend checking out Porna Bell's episode after you've listened to this one, of course. So um, if you want to send in your train happy moment or have any burning deep questions for the podcast you can email us at trainhappypodcast at gmail.com I would love to hear from you and you could be super trooper of the week of course you can remain anonymous that's absolutely fine but if you want to share your story I'd love to hear from you and I think everyone listening would too okay let's get into the episode let's hear from Meg Boggs 
Hi Meg, welcome to the Train Happy podcast. I have wanted to have you on for ages. I'm a huge fan of your work. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that I'm finally able to have this conversation. I feel like we've been talking about it for such a long time and we're finally here. Yes and we were just kind of chatting prior to recording but how have you been? How are you doing this year? Well, um, it's been quite an interesting year for me. I feel like it started off really strong. I was at Under Armour and like, I just felt really, really inspired in a lot of ways. And then the world just kind of ended and turned upside down and I couldn't go to the gym anymore and I couldn't just do the things that I was used to doing. So my mental health was just kind of like going on a steep, steep downhill, but you know what, I'm actually like in a place now where I feel like, okay, this is kind of the new normal. I hate saying that sometimes, Mm -hmm. but like, it really is the new normal. And so now I'm just like, okay, I'm going to attempt some gym moments and put myself out there rather than just staying home. And I don't know, I feel, I feel positive for the rest of the fall, even though, I mean, who just knows what's going to (laughs) happen in the next three months that we have left in 2020. But I mean, overall, I feel like I'm doing a lot better than I was, say, in July. It's been a big difference even then. I'm so glad. And I think it's interesting how fitness plays a role in your mental health and how, yeah, maybe you can just talk about how fitness is for you, is can be a way to manage your mental health and a way to kind of have an outlet for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's always been something that I feel like has helped me overall. I have really, really, really bad anxiety almost every day, at least at some level. And so for me, even back in when I was young, when I was being active, like in middle school kind of thing, even then, I feel like it helped me in ways to just kind of feel what it's like to be in my body, even though that kind of my body image just kind of was like up and down, up and down throughout the rest of my adult life up until recently, um, it's just always been like a stress management tool for me. I get stressed really, really quick, and then my anxiety shoots up. But this has just been, moving my body has just been a chance for me to feel what it's like to be human. And I know that sounds kind of like, okay, can you dive deeper (laughs) in what you're saying with that? Um, But really, when you think about it, like, have you ever just had a moment where you're in the middle of working out, And all of a sudden, like you notice the way your legs feel or you notice the way your back feels, whether it's your muscles or just like different things in your body that are happening. All of a sudden, you just have this connection with yourself that you really can't find in other ways outside of like, you know, physical movement and feeling what it's like to be you. And once I got past the whole changing me part, because I feel like once I got to a certain age, it became, okay, how can I change this? How can I use movement and use fitness to change and morph into what I think I should be? And once I got past that hill, it's gotten me to a place now where it's like, okay, once I'm moving, once I can feel my just overall well-being transforming rather than my body transforming, it's like me as a person is transforming that's what kind of gets me through. And that's what makes me feel like, okay, my anxiety is going down. I don't feel as stressed. 
because I'm giving myself the chance to have these moments with myself that are just like really, really, really beautiful moments when you think about it. I love that so much because that completely explains the kind of, for me, when I'm talking about like intuitive movement as well, I'm so interested in that connection with your body and connection with yourself and how that connection with your body in the gym can play its part in being connected to your body in other scenarios, in other parts of your day-to-day life and how that is part of that trust element. I think it's like when you can feel connected to yourself, you start to trust yourself and yeah, I think that was really beautifully said. So before we get ahead of ourselves, because there's so many great things you said and we've got so much to cover. I would love to go back a bit and chat about, uh, let's chat about your like earlier experiences with fitness. Um, and then I think let's then get into how you became to ultimately now writing a fitness book, working with people like Under Armour. I would love to go from A to to Z really. <laughs> so <laughs> let's start with um has fitness always been a positive experience for you? Um early on it was, but you know eventually definitely not. Um uh, my first experience with fitness in general or movement in general was probably like you know average elementary years when you're starting to do things on the playground and you're starting to um, do sports. Like I did softball in like third grade. I think that was the first sport that I did. And I mean, it was so fun. I think back to that and I'm like, gosh, that, that, that was like one of the best times of my life. I think about that third grade year of softball and how it was just, it was just fun. And that's all I remember. Like, that's the main thing that I can think about was like, wow, like that was a lot of fun. I don't think about um, the parts of it that were hard or the parts of it that maybe weren't as fun. I just remember the the parts that gave me that joy. And eventually, once I got to middle school, things changed a little bit. You know, people are a little bit more um, opinionated and they're very honest with you about what they think about your body and about the way you look and how your body looks when it moves, especially. And so I was a little bit of a bigger girl when I was in sixth grade, I believe. And then once I went into seventh grade, it was athletics. And so I wanted to be in a sport because I remember that really fun time in third grade where I played softball. I think I played in fourth grade too. It's like all mushed together. Um, But like, that was my chance to do something like in a public school setting like that. I was in a small town. So like if you were on a team, like a volleyball team or basketball team, like that was just so cool. And that was so awesome. And everybody talked about how fun it was. And so I was like, count me in. Like, I want to do that. But what I realized was that I am not the person that people think would be good at sports. I mean, they would look at me and I would get made fun of. And it was like we had to run a mile our first day of seventh grade athletics. And I just always remember I was just looked at like, yeah, you're not going to be able to finish this. Like people, like the girls were making fun of me and just like laughing about it. And that first day, I just remember thinking to myself, like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try really hard. Like I want to prove myself. I'm going to do my absolute best. I ran that mile. I finished it. I mean, I had to walk a lot of it, 
and I'll never forget, my time was 10 minutes and 10 seconds. And by the end of seventh grade, I was running the mile in, we did it every morning. I was running it in just under seven minutes. Wow. And so, I mean, I just completely just, I just was all in. I give it, I gave it everything I got. By the time I was in um, track by the end of the year, which was the last uh, sport of the season, it was like people looking at me. I mean, back then I had lost who, who knows how much weight. I mean, I wasn't really tracking it back then, but the things that I remember were walking up and the girls being like, Hey, lift your shirt. Like, let's see what you, what you have, because obviously like you're looking a lot thinner. And so they would lift my shirt and be like, Oh, there's still pudge. I mean, this was like locker room stuff. And like, that's the kind of stuff that I was like battling. Cause I'm like, I'm having so much fun. I'm improving my mile every single day. Like that's the stuff that was exciting for me to challenge myself. But at the same time, I mean, I was just being faced with all of these really rude and just awful things that girls were saying about me. And that just like immediately turned me off from it. But I always continued through it. Now the crazy part, I'm sorry, I'm like talking forever. Um, I just, I've never really gotten a chance to talk about this, like this part of my life. So it's kind of exciting for me. Um, but my whole, my family picked us up and we moved up to Dallas when I was in eighth grade. So all of this great stuff was happening, even though like it was a little bit hard because people were giving me a hard time. Um, whenever we left, we moved to this big city. It was a brand new school. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be on the volleyball team. And so that's what I did. But it was the same thing. I was smaller than I was, say, in sixth grade. And I was running a mile pretty quick. But I still wasn't super thin. Like, I was still probably back then, I was probably, like, maybe a size eight. I mean, when you think about it, it's like, I don't understand what's wrong with that. But it wasn't what we were seeing on TV. It wasn't what we were seeing, you know, plastered across gyms and magazines. Like that's not what was people were used to seeing as beautiful and strong and athletic. Like that wasn't me, even though I was proving time and time again that I was. Um, so whenever we moved, it just turned into this entire replica of what happened before. It was the name calling. It was getting volleyballs tossed at my head, my glasses flying off. And I just, at one point, I just was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. I lost it on some of the girls and was kicked out of athletics and told that I have to do PE and that I'll never play in high school, that I'm just a troublemaker. And that's, like, where it all ended. That's where my fitness journey ended. That's where sports ended. And that's why I ended up doing music and got my music degree and became a music teacher. So that dream was just like way in the past and it didn't get brought up again until I went to see my gynecologist and was like, well, if you want to have a child, you're going to need to lose weight. And then that's where fitness got reintroduced into my life to put it in perspective. <laughs> so how old were you when you stopped doing stuff as a teenager? I was probably in, it was ninth grade. It was fall of ninth grade. That's when I got removed from athletics. I think from 
what you're saying as well. I just think it just goes to show how damaging fitness stereotypes are to everyone because this idea that fitness is a look and it's a body size limits our view of who could be on a team in a team sport, I think. But it also, um, I think it really limits, you know, a whole demographic of people not feeling seen and represented and welcome in that fitness setting. Um, Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And I really thank you for like opening up about that because I imagine there are people listening who've had a similar school experience and, you know, yeah. I mean, at school myself, I didn't feel, to be fair, I had a lot less inclination to be on the sports teams than you did. (laughs) I wasn't that interested, but I think I was not interested because it did seem like that's what the, I'm doing quote marks, like the thin people did. And I didn't feel like I was in that group and I just didn't think I could do it. But um, yeah. So you, let's fast forward to reintroducing fitness. And what was that then? Was that coming at fitness from a different perspective? Was it with the pressure to lose weight? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was the number one reason I was doing it. There was no other reason. I had completely lost my passion for sports and all of that long, long, long ago. It had been years and years. And so whenever I decided like, okay, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to completely change my life and, you know, become a better person. Like that was the thing. I'm going to be a healthy person. I'm going to be a better person. And I'm just going to live life happily forever after. And that's not what happened. I ended up doing the whole, I mean, I was just all in. I was buying the shakes. I was buying the fat burner pills. I was weighing every single day, sometimes like multiple times a day. And like trying to make sure that I go to the bathroom multiple times so that I can weigh again and scratch out my chart from the morning. I mean, it was just, it was exhausting. And that's what fitness was. It had nothing to do with moving and enjoying every part of it or doing things that I liked. You know, there were so many sports that I liked and that wasn't part of it at all. It was like, okay, this is how you do it. You're going to grab some dumbbells and you're going to jump and you're going to run and you're going to move your body as fast as you can and burn calories like nobody's business every single time. I mean, I was just like calories, calories, burn, burn, burn. And that's how I I lived my life for, I guess, three years. I did it for three years, just nonstop. Um, gosh, I, I think back to that and I'm like, what, where did we go wrong in making people think that that's how you find happiness? You know, like, it's just impossible. You can never find it by focusing on shrinking yourself it's just it's never going to happen it's going to be something that seems amazing in the beginning and then it's going to turn into a dumpster fire really really fast when you realize that it's all it's all lies and it's all just not true it's I try not to, to to get too emotional about it but I mean that was one of the lowest times of my life was the time that people thought I was the happiest they thought I was so happy all the time. And they'd be like, congratulations, like you're doing so good. And I'm like, am I though? 
like, really, when you think about it, like, am I doing good? Like, do you see my wrist? Do you see me using a rubber band to stop myself from being hungry? Like, do you not see that? And nobody did. And the thing that gets me, too, is that, you know, they call it, like, atypical anorexia. And it's like, you're you're not somebody who has these issues. You're not somebody who's struggling with eating and working out too much. You're not struggling with that. What you're struggling with is discipline. Like, that's where you're struggling. And if I could just tell anybody who's, like, right now thinking that focusing on weight loss is going to solve the problem, I just want them to know that you aren't the problem. Like, you're not. It's the message that is 100% the problem. And you've never, never, never been the problem. Like, I wish I could tell myself that day one, whenever I was charting out my goals and my plans for the next, you know, actually for the rest of my life is what I thought. I thought it was a lifestyle change. So there's that. (laughs) Really appreciate your honesty with this because you're right. I think maybe when you're in it as well, and it's the lifestyle change mentality of going into that stuff. Um, and there's a lot of praise. I, from what you're saying, it sounds like there was a lot of praise and and reinforcement and, re- and encouragement. And it's the hindsight, maybe, that... Do you feel that with the hindsight, you kind of realise how this wasn't necessarily... That this wasn't, like, a health-promoting thing to do, that this was massively impacting your mental health and was um it wasn't self-care it was more that punishment mindset does that is that where you feel you were at oh absolutely absolutely um it just at the time it felt like I could always go back to anytime I was struggling when I was starving when I was exhausted. I would just tell myself, okay, this is for your health. You're doing it for your health. And I know that it's hard, but it is for your health and it's for the greater good for yourself. And I look back and I'm like, it was the opposite of that. Like for, if I was actually doing it for my health, I would be trying to gain self-confidence. I would be trying to gain strength. I would be trying to set goals for myself that we're actually making a difference in a positive way. Everything that was making a difference was in a negative way. And I just assumed that the negative parts of it were just the hard parts that everybody says you have to push past. Oh, that's just the plateau thoughts, you know. You, you'll get through it. You just have to push through it in the name of health. And it's never, ever been in the name of health when you look at the grand scheme of things and how it affects your life overall. And what was the turning point for you? What was the time when you were like, there's this other way of doing it? You know, I can choose to do things differently. Was there a big light bulb moment or has it been a slow transition? Um, definitely not until after I had Macy. Once I had her, I think, I like to consider that a light bulb moment, but I feel like it was a slow dimming light that was turning on. Like the, I feel like the light was installed the day she was born, 
And then since then, it's just been dimming higher and higher um, towards realizing that that was that previous mindset was something that was incredibly unhealthy for me. And I think that the reason that it was because when she was born was that seeing her and like (laughs) holding her, seeing the actual person that she is, knowing that she was going to turn into somebody, grow into somebody who could potentially go through the exact same thing or worse. It, that's why the light bulb was installed. It was like, okay, wake up. Now you need to pay attention. You're awake, pay attention. And so I started doing research. I started looking up like fitness. Um, how can I make it fun? And little things like that that I would Google, it would bring up like an Instagram account that like used that hashtag. And I was like, okay, this person's talking about it. Who are they following? I would look at their follow list and see some like people that I've never even heard of talking about this, talking about body positivity, talking about, you know, intuitively moving. I think you're one of the people actually that I found a while back when I first started doing all this. And I'm like, okay, this is something that is real. It's not just me. I mean, I didn't know that this was a possibility. I didn't know there was a whole community of people who believed this and understood it and were really pushing to get this message out. I had no idea. I just, I knew that something was wrong. I knew that she couldn't grow up like this, that there had to be another way. And that's whenever I found this community and this whole idea that is based on literally facts. I mean, we all know 95, is it 95%? Of yeah, diets fail. I mean, I why is this not plastered everywhere? Like, I don't, well, because then a lot of bad, people, like a lot of people would lose money, and you know, there's businesses would be at stake. But I, yeah, but I think you're right. I mean, myself having been in that diet culture mindset for so long, and then discovering there was another option, and especially social media. And I always bang on about it, maybe because we both have a presence online as well. So. We know there are so many amazing accounts online and that when you follow the right people, it can do amazing things for your relationship with food and exercise and your body when your social media feed is good. So maybe you could give a little shout out to some of your favorite people to follow for people listening to to also. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're definitely one of them. Um, Jessamine Stanley is incredible yes. for all the yogis I mean I'm still I downloaded her app and I'm just like I'm trying to get myself to do it I'm gonna do it now so now that I've said it and I put it out into the world I'm gonna have to do it <laughs> um who else am I thinking uh Roz the Diva is somebody really really awesome to follow um 300 pounds and running he's amazing mm. I mean there's just so many I mean I I listed them in my book as well and I'm actually thinking of putting out a blog post here soon that's just going to have a ton of different resources and people to follow it's really really important to follow people like you know all the ones I just listed I don't know I get excited whenever I talk about people that I love because they literally changed my life and how has your life changed how has your mindset changed what is fitness for you now what is it 
how is it making you feel good about yourself? Like, is that what the difference is? The fact that it's now there to make you feel good? Yeah, I feel like now it's something that's not, that I'm not like using. I feel like before Mm -hmm. I was using fitness and now I feel like I'm just enjoying it. And there's a big difference between the two because now I can go into my garage, I can go into the backyard, I can go to the gym and I can just pick something. It could be anything. I mean, I like to do these little dances like that are like workouts, but they're like to the beat and they're just fun. Big fan of that. I've seen them on TikTok actually, like little workout yeah. challenges. I keep meaning to do them. I'm get, That's yeah, what I'm going to so do fun. next, one of your workout dance challenges. Yeah, I mean, I just do something like that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to the song, I'm gonna dance around, what's going to feel good. And then whatever comes to me, I'm, I'm going to do it. And then I usually will try and record it if I can. But if not, it's, oh, well. Um, but it's just fun to just embrace it like that. And also, I mean, I make goals for myself too. I'm not just always moving intuitively. I mean, I do set goals for myself. I do say, okay, I really want to bench uh, 200 for five reps. Like I really want to aim for that, you know, in the next month. Like, I think that would be really awesome. I'm almost there. I'm at three. And so I just make it a goal and I don't like say, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, Z workouts to get to that goal. I just say, okay, that's going to be my goal. And I'm going to do things that are upper body a little bit more often. And I'm just going to have fun with it. It's just, it's a different way of looking at it. And it's really just important to let go of that mindset that previously said okay you're working out to change instead of you're working out to embrace who you actually are and who you've been this whole time which is not wrong we had Kimberly Wilson on who is a psychologist on an early episode of this series um awesome episode on the brain so for people who want to listen to that fascinating but one of my favorite things that she said that has stuck with me is she encourages her clients to think of exercise is something you give to yourself not something you do to yourself and Mm. I felt that's like that's what you were getting at that whole notion of like giving to your body giving to your mind instead of doing stuff to it through a lens of like shame and you know judgment um and that I think that's a really powerful way of thinking about it and you're right it completely changes the way you do things Um, Now, I love that you spoke about goals because I think that I've I've touched on this before, but misconceptions are that when you train intuitively or even in a, you know, a non-diet way that there's no goals and it's just rainbows and sunshine and all that kind of stuff. But actually, you can train for stuff and, you know, training to get strong if that's what you want to do I think that's great um and in fact I think it's for some people like it's important at points for them to have those goals what are your goals at the moment do you have any um well I definitely want to have a PR on bench my bench PR right now is 225 and because of everything the last couple of months I feel like it's nowhere near that so I'm gonna try and like get back to it I I don't know if I'll pass it but I just have this like goal to by the end of the year get back to my PR and then maybe give it a shot for like a pound more (laughs) but that's yeah your upper body is so strong because obviously you're so you're doing pounds we do it kilos here 
I don't know oh, the. Yeah, I always forget that. Yeah, so I don't, it's know, sound, I don't well, know the conversion. Two hundred twenty-five pounds sounds <laughs> incredible. Oh. <laughs> I know that's still very high, um, but even I'm I'm thinking even if it's a hundred kilos in, in my head, like my goodness, that's impressive. Um, and then one of your, I feel like this is your party trick because you've made some awesome videos about your press ups. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because I really don't do them that often. <laughs> and so it's like, I usually just do them if I'm going to do a video. That's usually when I'm like, okay, well, let's throw some out there. I know that for some reason, people seem to be impressed by that. And I'm like, is, is it impressive? Like, is that yes. something? Yes, it is legitimately impressive. And as someone who I've slacked on my press ups for years now, to be honest, um, Every time I watch your videos, I'm like, oh, I, rem- I used to be good at them. And I'm like, I remember what it was like. And it feels so, I don't know, it feels quite badass to be good at them, I think. I think it's quite like a... It does. It doesn't it? And it, so I watch your videos and I'm always like, oh, I should really start getting good at those again because they look really cool. And it's when you do like the Spider-Man style ones with the knees up and... <laughs> and so you can fun. do you can do the plyometric, the clapping press-ups, can't you? Yeah. I don't think I've done a video like that, though. No, Have you not? Oh, well, I feel like... I don't know. That's your next trick. For your next trick. Yeah, I'm going to write that down now. Yes, please, Thank please. you for the content. <laughs> I... No, I, and every... Like, every time I see it, I'm just like, I need to do more upper body stuff in general. Like, it's a good... Like, it motivates me, so... Thank I mean, you. that's really all it takes. Like, when I first tried to do a push-up, I just wanted to, like, try it. And, I mean, I got, like, maybe an inch or two down before I was like nope if I go anymore like I'm just gonna face plant into the ground uh and what once I started doing that I was like okay I'm gonna make it a goal I'm gonna start doing all the time but once my whole you know fitness routine started changing and evolving I started doing just more upper body work I just started doing more chest and more shoulders and like just really really diving into upper body I mean I hadn't really before I was usually just jumping around doing a bunch of burpees and stuff and so to actually go towards strength was really interesting because I remember I was thinking I was like okay I'm gonna try a push-up I had been working out for like maybe a year of like real strength training and I was like I wonder since I've gotten a lot better at bench I wonder if I could do a push-up so I'm gonna go try and do a push-up real quick and as soon as I got into the push-up position, like held my body up, I knew right away that I was going to be able to do it. Like I just knew. I was like, wow, this feels nothing like how it used to, even when I initially lost all that weight um, when I was on a weight loss journey. Like I never got upper body strength throughout that entire time to do a push-up. I was still doing them on my knees. And so the fact that I was like just holding my body up, like, okay, I'm going to for sure be able to do this. And sure enough, I did a push-up normal like all the way down all the way back up and it clicked like like, okay strength training actually makes you stronger Mm -hmm. because I've I haven't tried a push-up in forever and here I am doing them like it's nothing and so for me when people ask me how do you get so good at push-ups I'm like just train strength train your upper body like don't do a thousand push-ups every day just do upper body strength training so with that have you did you have people saying like, you know, the usual, oh, if you strength train, you're going to get quote bulky and all that stuff, which I think is, can be rooted 
in fat phobia, to be honest, because this idea that a woman is, um, her muscles are too big or anything, just generally is somehow yeah. bad. I think that has that, I think that that link. But did you have comments about that? About, because like you are lifting heavy stuff and it's, <laughs> I like hats off to you. I think it's awesome. But I think traditionally that has been, you know, men do a certain thing. We've had these like gender, um, almost like gender roles in the gym. It's like the men do the heavy stuff and the barbell work and the women are over there <laughs> doing like the two two kilo dumbbells or whatever, like, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, I think that it was never really the bulky messages that I got, like the, oh, you're going to get bulky, like those kind of comments. The comments that I got whenever I started strength training was – you need to do cardio. Like you're not going to lose weight if you're strength training. Like that's not going to get you the results. I mean, I still get told it every single day, and so it's not so much the bulky comments that I get, even though I think they're really like effed up and like people have really got to stop with that crap. Um, that just wasn't the the comments that I was receiving. So I feel like if you're thinner, you're probably going to get those comments when you try and strength train. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Like you're going to get all bulky and manly, but if you're fat you get the comments of, oh, what are you doing? You're not going to lose weight. You're going to stay fat. Like, what are you doing? So it's like, no matter what you do as a woman, like you're effed, like you're not going to, you're going to get one of the two comments. So just depending on your body size, which just really sucks. And isn't that so telling of the way that everyone, everyone just assumes that generally fitness is about a weight loss motive, that that is what, you know, to get results is always code for getting smaller. I think no matter your size. However, it is far more prevalent that people commenting on larger bodies, um, working out that they must be on a weight loss journey. The assumptions are so telling on how we view exercise as society and how we view what fitness looks like and how it is so different. And you mentioned like 300 pounds and running. And he has in his bio on Instagram, isn't it like, this is not a weight loss journey. Like he explicitly says yes. that that's not why he's running. He's running because he loves it. And he enters all these races. And I think running is not my thing. So I'm always like, wow, you're so <laughs> like fair play to you. Cause it always looks really tough, but, um, you know, you have to explicitly state because people always assume and it's so frustrating. And, you know, I say that as someone who holds immense privilege in my body size but I'm frustrated on your behalf because I see it and I'm like can we just separate the two things that weight loss and fitness are two separate entities two separate things and fitness is not measured on the number on the scale fitness is not measured by the inches of your waist or that they are totally irrelevant fitness is measured by your performance and what you can do and I think that's why your content um when you're doing like your awesome press-ups and stuff I think it really speaks to those assumptions and I think is really showing people um and challenging people's perceptions do you do you feel like that's part of what your presence is online that um it is to challenge the like fitness norms and those fitness body ideals that we've all been conditioned to believe and yeah 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's kind of the one of the main reasons that I feel so inclined to post these kinds of things all the time and to show like videos of me working out or me lifting or me running, like just different things that I do that have nothing to do with changing myself. Mm. Uh, I feel like most of the time you see, and you know, in the beginning, I wanted to be one of those accounts that had like my goal weight in my bio. Like that was my eventual goal to be an account like that. And it just never turned into that. Um, but now, I don't know. I I try to share my fitness experience in a way that doesn't just show, like, progress. And I think that's, that's where I, I struggle sometimes with sharing my goals and sharing what I'm working towards. Because I don't want it to come across that that's the main reason that that's the fuel, you know, because it's not, that it's, it really isn't. But if there's a way for me to show that somebody like me can get up and do these things while having fun, while having goals, while not giving a crap about what anyone thinks, even though some days I'm like really annoyed and I bite back at people that comment, um, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. be sorry. Sometimes I'm like, I just, I just go off and I can't, I can't help myself. (laughs) Do you get really, like, I'm going to make an assumption here. Are you getting lots of messages and feedback um, from people being like, you are who I've been looking for. You are, you are someone I can relate to and you make this seem accessible and like, I could do this. Is that a common... it really is. It really is. Probably every day I go through at least a handful of messages somewhat like that that are like, I just found your account. I cannot believe that I didn't know about you before or know about this whole message before. And that always makes me feel really good. I actually sometimes will screenshot the messages um, that I receive that are somewhere along those lines. And I save them in a folder and I call it, this is why. And it's just a little photo album that I keep in my phone that's just my reminder. Because there's some days, I mean, I'll open 10, 20 messages in a row. And they're just all so horrible. And I'm like, I'm really overwhelmed. Like, I, I don't want to open up any messages. There's days where I don't even open any of my DMs because I just I can't. I'm not mentally, I don't have the mental capacity to put myself through that sometimes. But the ones that are just really, really encouraging like that that remind me why I do what I do and why I share so much and why I show up every single day on this app is because of people like that who have been looking for somebody like me and that's what I was looking for back then so if I could be that for somebody I mean that's just day made I think you are that to so many people and I think I'm right in saying that I read somewhere, I can't remember where, but you, am I right in saying that you only really got into Instagram full time? Was it 2018? Is that right? Yes. That's yeah. about right. I think I created my everything like that year. So, and you're now, your account is huge. And so I just feel like, you know, it feels like this is your path. This is your, your journey. And 
you know, I think it's a testament to how many people follow you because I think you're up to over like 200,000 people following you now. That's incredible. Oh, I think so. Yeah, and I, I never really understand where they come from. <laughs> I just, I, I show up and I'm like, I don't know where all these people came from, but I'm going to show up and I'm going to do what I can to support them in whatever way that I can. I feel horrible sometimes that I can't respond to everybody because like I said, I, I mean, sometimes I really can't open those DMs. Yeah. Like it's, especially if I know that like a big account like Feminist shared my post, I'm like, okay, I got to stay out of the DMs for a couple of days and let the good ones start coming back in towards the top because... I think I, I went can't. into those feminist DMs. I think I went into those comments and <laughs> was like, oh, some um, of these people. This is what this is what you need to do. People like me, um, and I think people listening, particularly who are in smaller bodies, if you're seeing accounts get these hateful comments, we have the privilege and we have the capacity to go in and defend and comment on your behalf because you shouldn't have to be defending your humanity quite frankly you shouldn't be doing that that is where we can play a role in um in supporting you so you know it's people writing ignorant comments and you just replying and um maybe sharing some facts with them or um, whatever but yeah you can all like please drop into my dms or something and say I need some help with this. I'm more than happy to slide in there and like, yeah, I always you know. see you hopping in those comments. Like, excuse me. Yeah. yeah I think it's I love it though. It's, I love it. It's so needed, but we need that community and we need to all support each other because if we're saying fitness is for everyone and yet certain people are getting a lot of abuse about that, then we need to make sure that we are sticking up for those people too, because it's just, we're all together this is a community and I think it's really important we get that across yeah. um and I wanted to yeah so I wanted to just also emphasize turn a really positive note to say that over 200,000 people really shows the fitness industry as a whole um what they're missing I mean what is needed and how much we need um plus size representation in fitness because you know there's countless fitness accounts, but for someone to come, you know, to just come online in 2018 and just um, grow in that way and, you know, clearly be um, a really important account for people to follow is huge. And I think, I hope that speaks to brands, speaks to the industry. And I know you did some work with Under Armour at the beginning of the year. And I think like those, in those, when we're there, putting together PR lists and events to get um, people like yourself involved because clearly we need to see all different people working out. This is not, it's not an exclusive club to go to the gym and choose um, active wear to wear. Uh, how was that? How was that moment? I know um, when you're posting about your time with Under Armour, that felt like a really big deal to you. Was that, did that feel like a really special moment? Oh yeah. I mean, it was an emotional like roller coaster. The four days that I was in Baltimore, it was like completely overwhelming. I going into it, I was like, okay, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I'm going to embrace the experience. And then when I got there, it was just like emotional overload, like just too much. Like I got overwhelmed the first night immediately because I went to this like little gathering. And as soon as I walked in, like my palms were sweaty I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, they're going to think I'm staff. Like, they're not going to think that I'm actually part of the team. 
And I mean, all these just negative thoughts were just swarming through my head. I went home or went to back to my hotel room and I just cried my eyes out and was like, okay, you have to snap out of this. Like, you have to show up. Like this is the chance that you're, you've been given to show up and represent plus size athletes. Like this is the time. And so, I mean, the next three days I just went all in. I mean, I was sitting at the front of everything that I showed up to even the workouts and just giving it my all. I was setting up my camera and like recording, working out with all of these incredible athletes and accepting the fact that I am one of them too. And I cannot thank Under Armour enough for giving me the opportunity because the amount of people who were watching my stories over those four days replying and saying like, I like this, seeing this has changed everything for me. Like, I cannot believe that they're actually, you know, representing plus size athletes, you know, at such a big event like that. And I don't know, I just, it changed me. Like it changed me a hundred percent. When I got home, I was, I was a different person because I just felt like I've been given this tiny chance to, you know, make your voice heard, make the voices heard of plus size people everywhere in the fitness world. Um, I shot my hand up real quick whenever they were showing the uh, women's active wear. They were like launching a new pair of leggings or something like that. And everybody that was there was wearing the leggings except for me. And I looked around. I was like, why? Okay, so everybody's like, yeah, these leggings are amazing. They're talking about how they're coming out. And I looked down at mine. I'm like, okay, those aren't the ones that they gave me. And like, I was kind of confused. And so I raised my hand and I was like, so... I'm not wearing these leggings. Are they not available in plus sizes? Or is there a plan to release them in plus sizes? Because they said they were like launching in the next month. I said, so will they be launching for plus size as well? Because those aren't the ones that I was sent. And I mean, the <laughs> the women who were like presenting just kind of looked at me like, we have representation in the room. Like mayday, mayday. <laughs> like this is, <laughs> we, we have to face this head on right now and so one of the things I said was no it's not going to be released with you know the regular sizes but we do have a plan to release them a couple months later you know we just released the plus size line in the fall and we're gonna um try and build off of that and my response was you know I I understand that but you really have to consider the fact that the like the message you're sending is that they're a priority that we're different kinds of people. When you're plus size, you don't get the priority and the VIP treatment of getting it a few months in advance. Like that there's a message that that sends out to everyone. And I think that they really understood what I was saying because the next day they I was lifting in the in the gym and I was like doing some squats and I, next thing I know, I mean I'm sweaty, I'm gross, I'm in my bra, I'm just like <laughs> a hot mess and there's a group of the four women that walk up and they were from the women's apparel and they wanted to talk to me. And we had a full like 30, 45 minute conversation just there in the middle of the gym on ways that they could do better and what my advice would be. And it was kind of a really incredible experience for me because I thought they're actually listening. And sure enough, when they released those leggings, I think it was a month or two later maybe two months later, and they said it was going to be maybe by the end of the year, but maybe like two months later, the leggings were released for plus size online. And I was like, 
okay, I see you. I see you. At least you're attempting to make a difference. And that's where it starts is you, you listen and you make the change. Like it doesn't take years upon years to make change. It's just a couple of people making decisions that need to make the dang decisions. So in recent weeks, I think it was announced last week, Lululemon announced that they are extending their size ranges to, I think it's a US size 20, which in the UK is a size 24. Um, and you made a really funny TikTok about this. <laughs> um, just I kind did. of, just like making questions. <laughs> yeah, it was sassy. I really appreciated it. But I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I've heard a few different takes on it. Um, some people feeling disappointed, others feeling like, okay, it's a, it's not great, but it's a start and let's encourage it because if we don't encourage it, then there'll be nothing will happen. They, a brand needs to see that there's some interest in a product for them to realize that um, it's, I'm using quotation marks, viable for their business or whatever. But what are your, what are your view and what do you think and about this and how yeah in the lululemon case and in brand in plus size activewear ranges in general i mean if we were applauding every single attempt at size inclusivity and whatever you want to call it i mean if every single time we were like wow that's incredible like if we're we're just constantly saying good job for doing the bare minimum to give yourself the label like we're not doing anybody any services and I mean I I get really exhausted by hearing the same kind of thing over and over because I mean with Under Armour it was a little bit different because they threw it out there I mean it's not like they were working on it for years it was something that they realized there's a demand for this like hello. And they made it happen. They threw out as much as they could. And they're continuing to do that. They're putting out as much as they can. They're changing up colors. People ask, can we have this in more colors? They immediately do it. Like there's not really a lag in three years or five years to make these decisions. And with brands like Lululemon, who have always been very fat phobic, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just kind of public knowledge at this point to just come out and say, oh, we've been working on this for three years and we are going to release six different things. Like, I don't really know what they released. I, I do I've know heard that different things. all black. I do know that it's only black at this moment. And yeah, it's six key core items is my understanding. But all I think online, it's, right? I, uh, yes, I think so. I, I think in the UK, you can, you can buy some of the plus sizes in probably the bigger stores because I've seen someone do that um but I do think it was interesting that as you mentioned the colors thing that the color obviously the coloring is nothing it is black and um you're wearing a lovely purple top if people listen to some audio yeah it's a lovely purple under on the top it's like really cool and yeah yeah you want to have the options as well right you yeah it's not like we're a separate species you know it's like, I don't know, do they think that plus size people don't care about style and like, that? like, that's just something like, we should be grateful that we have something to wear. Like, that's what I take from brands that are like, okay, we're going to extend our sizing all the way up to, you know, a size 20, which is my size. I'm not 
the largest size. Like it doesn't end with me. The sizing could go way beyond that. Like it's, I don't know. I just feel like if we hold brands accountable and we are vocal with our thoughts in response to things like this, rather than just giving it praise and just saying, all right, well, you did great. So no need to improve or do better. I mean, I just think that it would make a really big difference if people were actually vocal about the fact that this actually isn't all that helpful. Um, Because all you're doing is saying to the women who are size 24 that they're not as important. I mean, the amount of women that are also a US 22, a US 24, a US 26, those are all women that deserve to work out and wear really, really awesome, high quality active wear as well. Like it doesn't just stop with them. That is something that Under Armour could also do a lot better. And it's something that I've been trying to convey to them as much as I can, any opportunity I get the chance to speak with them. But I mean, at least they're giving it a shot in the style and the colors and they're doing what they can in that way. When you have Lululemon saying, this is what you're going to get. Do we really think that they're going to actually extend beyond a size 20 anytime soon? Or are they going to say it's going to take a five-year journey? And then by that time, hopefully this whole like body positivity thing will blow over. I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm taking away from this that we have to keep the pressure up and we have to keep the vocal pressure up and keep talking about it. Um, And with that in mind, do you also, I mean, I know personally, I used to be a big shopper at Lululemon. I have, I used to buy stuff from there. I personally have made a conscious decision to not shop from there for a while until I feel A, it's inclusive and they're openly less fatphobic. Um, plus I found really great other options of brands that are more sustainable, more inclusive, um, who I feel much happier and cheaper and I feel much happier spending my money with them than I do, um, at Lululemon. So, um, are there brands that you recommend that you really like, um, that do, um, cater to, uh, plus sizes? Um, well, I love Girlfriend collective oh, is really awesome they're my number one i just bought, oh. I just treated myself to a new outfit because it's all i i mean it's so good we both got to work with them that would be the dream um but they're made from recycled plastic as well so you're kind of hitting to you know it's sustainable and they go up to i think they go up to like a 5xl is that right i, I think it's six yeah it might be six yeah it's they're doing really good things um oh yeah I love them they're really comfortable mm-hmm. uh I really like Lane Bryant's leggings mm-hmm. I'm actually wearing them right now um they have like a really thick it's like a four inch waistband of just elastic so I mean ain't nothing coming out like everything is gonna be staying put whenever you're doing any kind of movement so those are definitely a top contender for me those are size the sizes for lane brands are at 14 us 14 and they go all the way up to us 30 or 32 might be 32 okay i think lane bryant's only available in the us yeah um but i do know that girlfriend is available in the uk um and you can definitely ship it over as well um i'm thinking off the top of my head super fit hero 
Yes. Um, I don't have any of their stuff, but I do see that they're awesome at... I have um, their biker shorts. They're, like, they're probably, like, the best biker shorts, for sure. Like, for feeling secure and not mm -hmm. rolling down. Or rolling up your thighs, too. And then, in the U.S., is there another brand called Athleta? I haven't used it, but I've seen other people talking about this brand. I see so many people talking about mm. them, and I actually have never tried them. I didn't even realize they had plus sizes until I think, oh, I can't remember who, but somebody did a sponsored ad with them and worked with them. And I remember thinking, wait, how is she wearing <laughs> Athleta? Is it Athleta or Athleta? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce it. I don't but know. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, there's plus sizes? So I'm, I might give them a shot just to see you know, what they're about, since I do hear a lot of people talking about them. Mm. Um, and I think, like, in the UK, for, like, cheap options, I do think, I might get us completely wrong, but I do think that um, the Primark ranges, we have, like, Primark, which is, like, a really cheap store, do have um, a, a reasonable size range. I don't think it's, like, great for plus, like, a, do you know what I mean? I think it might be up to that, like, UK 22 24-ish I'm not sure but I do think they have a bit more of a range for more value which is good but I think this comes back and we should also mention Nike as well because I know that Nike got a lot of crap for their mannequin um oh and you know they are really trying to put I've seen recently they've got now like in their stores they have like um mannequins with baby bumps they have um that's amazing yeah uh, plus size mannequins they've got um, I think they've got um, mannequins who are disabled and stuff like that. So they're really, like, working on including everyone. They've made, like, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed, to be honest. Um, and I think it's the whole conversation around this and the whole irony around this is that you will get people in your comments, I'm sure, being like, you should be doing cardio, you should work out, you should do X, Y, Z. And then they're the same people moaning when Lululemon cater to plus size people, or at least begin to, and Nike put a plus size mannequin in their thing because this is quote promoting obesity. When in fact, you can't you can't have both things. That's what really frustrates me. Like <laughs> you can't be telling people they need to work out and then not giving them clothes to wear. You can't have it both ways. Um, and I think that just goes to show that it, this is not a health concern. This is uh, this is um, what we call concern trolling. Yeah. And these comments are not genuine. They are not a genuine health concern. This is people being uncomfortable with um, people in larger bodies, uh, A, existing, and B, feel, you know, being able to accept themselves and accept their bodies, which is an incredible thing to do. Um, and, yeah, I think... Yeah, it's just like it's just literally proof that people are just fat phobic assholes. Like it's yeah. sorry, can I say that? You, no, can you put it you put it way <laughs> okay. better than I did. Get to the point. It's just like <laughs> it's like people are wearing a mask all the time. They're like, oh, it's for um, I'm I'm concerned about your health. That's the reason why. This is the reason why. This is the reason why. That's why you can't wear those you know plus size activewear clothes. And it, it's like they're just trying to cover up the fact that they're literally just a fat phobic asshole. Like, it's just, you hate fat people. Like, just be honest with yourself and say what you really mean without actually saying what you really mean. Like, maybe keep it to yourself. And Yeah, I think it goes without saying. 
if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. I think <laughs> I'm sure you're teaching that to your daughter, and yeah. I'm sure we like both learn that as children. Um, and it needs to be extended to the internet yeah. as a whole. Yeah, like you don't have to be attracted to somebody to show them a little bit of respect, you know, as a human being. Yes, yes. This whole thing that respect is is pinned on whether you find you find someone attractive or not is ridiculous ridiculous to me that people are I don't know how anything to say but it's just infuriating I know infuriating um but one of my favorite phrases is happy people don't hurt people and I think a lot you know I think there are people who are hateful online because there's things within themselves that they're not happy with or that they're hateful there's hatred in their heart in general and it's a projection yeah Um, and it's frustrating because it's like I still feel like they should be held accountable for oh the really awful things they say so it's like absolutely this this back and forth of like you must be really having a hard time and the fact that but don't like use that against me absolutely you're so right in saying that yeah you should never be the punching bag for the hard time um yeah this is almost almost another conversation almost another episode we could do so (laughs) we like we said you are doing amazing things for helping people to feel seen and represented in fitness and this year you are just in the finishing stages of writing your first book can you tell us a bit about it so excited I'm so excited about this I you know I dreamt of this when I first had like these epiphanies and mindset changes and I always thought you know maybe one day I would write a book about it you know I love journaling I love writing like poetry and just any kind of writing that's poetic it's just beautiful to me and it's one of the things that I love outside of fitness and and so I just thought you know what if I put the two together you know my love for for poetry and my love for just storytelling with my own life and my own experiences in a way that would help people and get people out and moving and feel good about their bodies and so that's what I started doing I just started writing out a ton of stuff and I don't even know how this all happened. I feel like it just fell into my lap and it's hard for me sometimes to like think about, okay, how did this even unfold? It just felt like a snowball. I don't know if that's how you felt with yours, how once it just started going, it was like, I'm really doing this. Like this is actually happening. Did you feel like, oh, actually I have a ton to say, you know, I have like too much, like yeah. I had too much, like yeah. I could have done like more than just one book and I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, maybe I'll have to do another one later on, but <laughs> Exactly. Save, hold some back, hold some back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about what you're covering and um, what the message of the book is going to be? Yeah, so basically I'm, I am sharing a strength training guide, um, a 12-week strength training guide that's very, um, it mimics a lot of how I train uh, for the most part. It's three days a week and it's just really simple and a pair of dumbbells is all you need. Um, so that's the part that I'm really, really excited about just because I know that a lot of people ask me, so what can I do? Like, what can I do at home uh, to get moving? So that's something really fun. I dive a lot into diet culture and how I decided to break up with that relationship. Um, I detail a lot of my 
food experiences and how I crawled out of that hole that I was in um, with my relationship with food and as well as my motherhood journey. I talk a lot about postpartum, how I got postpartum depression, how it affected my own views on fitness in the beginning, how my body was changing and how managing this world of motherhood while also trying to remember that I too am a person deserving of food and water and movement. And yeah, I, that's really a big thing that I, I mean, I talk about that for probably like six or seven chapters, just motherhood and pregnancy and working out um, both before and after you have your little baby. Um, Yeah. I would love to talk about that actually in terms of, um, you know, I don't have the experience of being a mother and how is it with juggling all the stuff and, you know, making time for yourself to move and um, managing all of that? How do you I mean, do the it? biggest struggle, <laughs> the biggest struggle is uh, when you realize that, you're, like, is my body broken now? Like, is it actually broken? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, I was, I swore to you, I told my mom, I was like, I think that like my tailbone is cracked. Like something's broken down there. Like either my pelvic bone is just, it's just all in shattered pieces. Like it just, I felt so uncomfortable. I was like, this is not my body. This is not how I'm supposed to be feeling. Like I'm. Is this after you had the baby or during pregnancy? Yeah. Okay. After. Yeah. After. I just, I had no idea about any of these postpartum changes to my body and how I'd have to adjust to that, how I would possibly have hemorrhoids and like working out constipated like it's just stuff that I never even considered like they weren't roadblocks ever before and now I'm like having to think about all the time I mean even now to this day I have to wear leak proof underwear and a pad to work out because that's just what happens to me now like I don't have it's gotten a lot better through uh, physical therapy that I've done with this little device that I got that is amazing um just just get stronger down there Mm to not leak so much but it's still something that I I deal with and I I had no idea like that's not something I would have thought of so that's a lot of what I talk about too is just what are ways that you can prepare for working out when you're in the middle of that postpartum phase like that's that's the number one struggle everything else that comes after that like mentally is a different kind of story because that's just mental blocks that you're going to have to really dig deep with in yourself but yeah the physical parts were a hundred percent harder than I expected yeah and people don't talk about it I think no because like my mum always said to me yeah I'm not gonna tell you about the stuff because then you'll be put off and then you won't do it and you know I think you want to do it so I'm just gonna (laughs) I'm just going to, you know, not, but we need to talk about it. We need to not have an understanding so we can prepare and be aware. So I think that sounds really helpful that you're covering that in your book. Um, and how do you find, because um, we were kind of chatting prior to recording as well. I know you have like a bit of a home gym set up, which I'm quite envious of. Um, I live in a little flat in the middle of London. And I, yeah, I'm just like, and you've, do you have like a, sign up in it don't you or something it's like really yeah it's the thick thighs save lives yes I love that I'm just like oh one day it's like the perfect reminder you know be like yep 
that me that be me with my big thighs ready to challenge some some fitness beasts up in here yeah I love it I love it I think it's so cool um but has it been hard to I have you have is your little girl at the age of doing like homeschooling or is she a bit bit younger than that uh she does preschool but it's like a mother's day out program at a church and they have it set up really good she has like there's like four kids in her class um so that's been it actually just started today we just dropped her off this morning and so that's her first time getting out having some friends other than her swim lesson that she was she does every week so has that been how it goes yeah Mm -hmm. and so are you going to try and take advantage of these days to to do you and have a bit yes I'm so excited that's like the hardest part about working out in the garage because she wants to go out there too like she has her own little barbell like a toy and dumbbells and like she just wants to be with me and she just wants to like do what I do I'm like I can't turn her down but also that means if she's in there I can't like go hard you know to be really careful and we have to do things that that she enjoys but at least it's something that we get to do together you know I love that so much I love that you both have a little dumbbell set that's so cute Um, it's adorable that is adorable um this has been such a joy to chat and I think um to kind of talk about all these different aspects of your fitness journey and um the barriers that are still in place for um plus size fitness because we need to talk about them we need to challenge them um so I really appreciate that I really appreciate you talking about this can you just give us a little bit of information of when is the book out are we ready for pre-orders yet is that yes it is available for pre-order there's a link in my instagram bio there'll be a link in the info box of this episode as well so people if you're listening if you go to the episode box information I will add a link there as well um because that's really important and I like to finish every episode by asking you what has been your most recent train happy moment so this one can be a moment of um intuition around movement a moment of connected like of feeling connected um this could be a point of rest it could be anything what's been a little win on your um on your fitness journey recently Ooh, trying to think there's been quite a few in the last week since I started you can share a few um, you don't have to be limited definitely to one. definitely there was a time when was it it was a couple of days ago I was getting ready to go work out in the garage and I was like okay I'm gonna I'm going to do some really heavy stuff. I'm going to write out my plan. I wrote out a couple things and I did bench like once. I did like one rep or one set. And I realized like, I'm not really feeling this. Like this isn't mm, like, I don't know. Like it just wasn't there. And I could tell that it wasn't going to be one of those times that it was going to feel good. And so I thought to myself, well, what else could I do? Like, I don't really have anything else here that I really feel like doing and then I saw this little um we got Macy little two and a half pound dumbbells because she her little play set is just never good enough for her so I got her a two and a half pound like regular dumbbells and she literally will like pick them up and like try and curl them well I got those dumbbells and I was like what can I do with these little two and a half like there's got to be something that I can do 
And I literally just put music on and I started just doing like all these boxing moves with the dumbbells. And it was so fun. Like I only worked out for like 10 minutes and I was drenched, like completely drenched. And that was just one of those moments where like I made the right decision. Like that's exactly what I needed. I needed to move around and dance around and still feel that like I love that burning sensation. I don't know if you do, but like (laughs) anytime my muscles are like, you know, just so they've been worked hard. Yes. And, and it gave me exactly what I was looking for. I still, I wanted to do something upper body and feel good afterwards. And bench just really wasn't giving it to me that day. Um, and I shared like a short snippet of it in my stories. And a couple of people were like, can you share what you did? I'm like, I don't really remember everything I did, but I might just make a fun little video and like share something that you could do like that. You so should, because I think that is a perfect example of a train happy moment, a perfect example of listening to your body and being like, do you know what? I have a plan and overarching is the plan. But on days when um, I'm, I'm really just not feeling it, I can deviate and I can be flexible and I can just try something fun. And I think that sounds really fun. It um, was fun. It yeah. Was fun. I've been doing these like dance party workout videos and I've been, I taught another class the other day. So I've been like doing loads of stuff like that. And I end up always incorporating like boxing moves into them because they kind of go to the music. And they for do. me, and I'm sure you being a music teacher and having that musicality and um, you get, like there's something really powerful about moving to the music for me. I don't know if it's the same for you, me but too. it feels me like too. I love it. I love it so much. That's why I love doing the dancing stuff. But even my spin classes, everything's to the music. And it just makes me feel really happy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I think sure that's why I like spin so much too. Yeah. Because it's like, it's to the beat and you're just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just feels like you're rocking it. Yeah. Like I'm a, I'm not the best dancer. Like I can learn like a four part little where it's like one, two, three. And it's like super simple, but like complicated stuff I can't do. So like Same. anytime I can feel like I'm dancing when I'm really not dancing, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It's just. I love it too. Dancing is so fun. It is. And I think the big part, one of the big part of like getting people to think about that fun side of fitness is getting to, you want to feel a bit like a child, that childlike sensation of like, oh, I'm just playing and this is adult playtime. And I think dancing really gives you that because when you're like to the music and it's fun and you just, yeah, I think it really speaks to that inner child that's kind of like, I just want to play and have fun. and Yes, it always takes me back to that third grade feeling of playing softball. I always go back to that. I'm like, that was fun. And that's what I want to try and continue feeling as a 30-something-year-old. I don't know how old I am. I'm like, wait, I'm not 30. I'm a little bit older than that. I love that. I think that's a fantastic note to finish on. Meg, it's been an absolute pleasure where can people follow you and hear more about your ongoing journey? Yeah, so I am on Instagram at Meg.Boggs. I have the exact same name on TikTok at Meg.Boggs. My uh, website is Megboggs.com. It's all pretty much just my name. If you just search my name on any platform, it'll probably be Meg.Boggs. <laughs> Amazing. I will link all of that as well. So don't worry, everyone will be able to find you. Um, Perfect. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you for letting me ramble on and on and on. I could go on all day. No, it's been (laughs) so fascinating and I I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you everyone 
for listening and thank you again all right thank you bye everyone and that is it for this week's episode of the train happy podcast thank you so much for listening i hope you took something away from this episode and if you did please let me know by sending feedback you can find us on instagram at train happy podcast or even better it would be amazing if you could rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you're listening as it really really helps to support and boost the train happy message and remember If you have had a recent moment where this stuff has just started clicking for you, then share your story with us via email, trainhappypodcast at gmail.com to become the train happy trooper of the week. And if you have a burning question you would like me to answer, then please send those in too. And it may be answered in our bonus Q&A episodes. Once again, thank you for listening and I will speak to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.